How we doing, everybody? We good? Man, it's so good to see everybody today. Happy Father's Day. This is a great day. Beautiful day. Uh, so excited to have all of you here today. I want to take a minute before we jump into our content. I want to welcome everybody who is watching online. Online, we love you. Come on, church. Can we welcome everybody who's watching with us? We're glad you're here. And uh, so glad, so glad that you're here today uh, on Father's Day. Before we jump into our content, I do want to encourage you. Uh, just a couple weeks away, y'all, from summer at Summit Park. It's happening. It's going down. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fuego. Uh, we've, we've asked some of the best speakers in the country to come in and give their best sermon. So I'm telling you that every week is going to be just fire, all right? It's going to be encouraging, strengthening. You're going to love it. And uh, you're going to be better because of it. So I want to encourage you, be inviting friends, someone maybe who's new to church. It's going to be fun. We're going to have treats afterward. It's going to be awesome. So come Summer Summer Park every Sunday in July. It's going to be really, really cool. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, all right. Well, it's, uh, it's Father's Day. And uh, I thought before we, as, or as we're jumping into our time together, I think it would be appropriate if we shared some dad jokes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some dad jokes. Everybody loves a dad joke, especially dads. It's true. True story. And so before we jump into these, these are some of the worst jokes you've ever heard in your life. Uh, just, you know, uh, full disclosure here. Um, we just, I, wanna, I want us to practice our courtesy laugh, okay? I just want you to give me your best courtesy laugh on the count of three. Just like, it's not funny, but I'm laughing anyways, all right? One, two, three. That was pretty good. Now, let, 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 let's just say, like, it was, like, really funny. Oh, my goodness. Let's try it. One, two, three. We need to record that. Like, that's, that's a good time. Okay, all right. So here are the, here's some of the worst jokes that you've ever heard in your life. Prepare the courtesy laugh. Where do fruit go on vacation? Paris. Pear, pear, Paris. You're like, we know. We're still not laughing. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! Supplies? Okay. Where do you go to learn to make a banana split? Sunday school. Oh, you, you liked that one. Church people. <laughs> and how many apples grow on trees? All of them. Some of you, this is your go-to, obviously. <laughs> all right, that's awesome. I do want to take a minute and uh, I want to ask all of the fellas to stand up, all right? We want to honor you for a moment. Come on, gentlemen, every, every guy, whether you're young or you're old, wherever you're at, we want, to, we want to honor you. Hold on, save your applause, save your applause. Like graduation, save your applause for the end. I do want, I want to take a minute. Um, I think it's important that the church rally around uh, encouraging and challenging uh, and supporting guys in their, in their roles as leaders in their homes. I really believe this because I believe that, that you are under constant attack. Uh, the enemy of your souls is constantly devaluing who you are and what you do. And we as a church family 
certainly the brothers who are standing, we stand with you. And, and, and all the sisters who are sitting, we want to just say, we love you, we honor you, we respect you, we thank you for doing what you do. We thank you for being here today, for leading spiritually, for caring about God. And we want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Because what you do matters. How you lead matters. How you serve matters. How you speak matters. And, and you might not feel, you might not feel like you've been the perfect man. Welcome to the club. It's all of us. But you know what? God's using you and you just keep stepping forward and you keep leaning in. And the best is yet to come for you. And we thank God for you and appreciate everything that you are. Come on, everybody in this place, can we give it up for the men? We love you. Or pound somebody. Give somebody a pound. All right, give somebody a pound, fist bump. Fist bump somebody and then you can have a seat. It's awesome. Well, hey, we've been in the series uh, on the names of God where we've been talking about who God is. And through the Bible, what you have is you have these, these people who have moments with God. They have encounters with God. And when they have these encounters, they're left with an impression of God, and they give God a name. They give God a name. And so what we've been, and sometimes God will reveal himself in these encounters, and he'll give himself he'll, a name, a nickname. And so what happens when you have this nickname is that when you know who God is, you know what God is capable of, and you know what's available to you. And so what it does is it changes the way, really, you do everything. It changes the way you pray. It changes the way you love. It changes the way you serve. It changes the way you lean into relationships. And that's what we've been unpacking in the series. And so we've been talking about the names of God, and they're amazing. We've been talking about how God uh, is our righteousness and how God is our peace and God is our shepherd. We talked about how God is our healer. Uh, Today would be appropriate if we talked about how God is our Father, right? That's obviously an important, appropriate one. But we started actually this series with that, if you remember. And we did that intentionally because I believe that understanding God as a Father is what opens up all of the nature of God to us. It's how we approach God. And so if you missed any of these messages, I want to encourage you to go online, check them out, summitparkchurch.com. Um, because today we're going to be talking about another name that I think goes really well with Father's Day. And it's the name victory okay God is our victory and we're going to we're going to talk about this in just a moment and it comes from two names that we're going to uh, unpack here in just a second uh, but the reality is God has victory and the reality is we need victory because we're in battles all the time can I get an amen <laughs> I mean how many of you know we're constantly in battles like all the time like like, just getting out of bed, come on, somebody, is a battle. I mean, your battle starts first thing when that snooze is just calling. And you want to press it. And you want to just stay in bed. So, like, you're, you're fighting battles right out of the, you know, exercise is a battle. Eating right is a battle. Especially when you live near Andy's. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. Um, getting older is a battle. Whew. We talking now. Let me know, gravity is vicious. And gravity always wins, turns out. Um, and that's just you. You know, you've got battles with the people that you, that you face. So, so you've got battle at work. You go to work, it's a battle. Employees, it's a battle. Your boss, it's a battle. Co-workers, battle, competition, battle. It's a battle, right? Then you've got 
your neighbors. Anybody got some neighbors? Don't point if they're in the room. But neighbor wars, they're the worst kind. And then you've got battles with the little warriors who live in your house who have the same last name as you. Right? It's like brushing their teeth, getting them to eat what's on their plate, going to bed. Just go to bed. You know, it's a battle. It's constantly a battle. And then there's the soul stuff, right? A couple of things that we can just uh, talk about. Temptation, anger, bitterness, anxiety, self-doubt, depression. Anybody in here struggle with any of these things? Raise your hand. Come on, just as a testimony. Okay, we're in a battle. We're battling. Life is a battle. And the bad news is when you become a Christian, all of those things don't just evaporate. It's not like how, it's not just like, oh, everything's hunky-dory and cupcakes and rainbows and unicorns all the time. That's just not how it goes. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about this. In Romans chapter 7, he says, when I, when I want to do good. Now, this is the Apostle Paul who is healing people with rags that wipe his sweat. And he sends them out and, and those heal people. This guy says, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. He goes, I find this war at work within the members of my body. He calls it a war. It's that, so all of us are battling constantly. If you're in this world, you're in a battle. So becoming a Christian doesn't take that away. Becoming a Christian just gives you the support you need to overcome your battle and to experience victory in your battle. And that's what I want to talk about today. God is victory. If you're taking notes, please write that down. God is victory. And God is your victory. And I want to encourage you because this, this idea, this truth comes from two names of God. The first name is Jehovah Milchagmah. All right? It means warrior. It means warrior. And then the second name uh, is Jehovah Nisi, which means banner under which we fight. So both of these are names of God that you can look to God and ascribe to him and get strength from. And this is the perfect message for Father's Day. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all right, let me give you the, the scriptures where these come from. First of all, Exodus chapter 15, the New Living Translation says it like this. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Everybody say warrior. 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 Yeah. I like that. I don't use that word often. And when I hear that word, I normally think of this guy right here. This is who I think of. Yeah. Anybody know who that is? The ultimate warrior. Dude was crazy. He was crazy. He was like, he was like, like a psyched out version of macho man Randy Savage. You know, Slim Jim guy, that guy was even more intense, ultimate warrior guy. Jumping around, streamers hanging. I mean, he was just, everybody loved <laughs> the ultimate warrior. But long before there was the ultimate warrior, there was the ultimate warrior. There was the ultimate, ultimate warrior. And I love what the Bible says. It says, the Lord is a warrior and Yahweh is his name. Do you know what that's saying? It's saying, 
he is a warrior, and he's been a warrior since the beginning. Remember we talked about what Yahweh means? It's the being one. So it's the one who was, and the one who is, and the one who is to come. So you take that idea, and you combine it with warrior, and you get the one who has been the greatest, the one who is the greatest, and the one who will be the greatest for all of eternity. You get the one who is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world for all time. Yahweh Milchma means the ultimate warrior. <laughs> All right, and so where, where does he get this name? It's the context is actually what we talked about last week. It's where the Israelites had just crossed the Red Sea. So now they're, they're, uh, they've made it through this very, very difficult situation. Pharaoh is chasing them. The waters part. They walk through on dry ground. And then as they get across... They see Pharaoh's army chasing them, and they get over to the, to the other side, and they're like, oh, no, this is not good. And then what does God do? God brings the sea back together and washes the entire army away. He literally defeats the battle for them. He does what they could not do. And what the Israelites write about in Exodus chapter 15 is they sing this song, and, and in this song it says, the Lord is a warrior. So it's like they get through, they're like, whew, that's crazy. They're like, you are one bad mamma jamma. That's what they're saying. Like, you are a warrior. You took, you did what I could not do. Church, I want you to know, sometimes God will fight the battles that you cannot fight. Sometimes God will just take care of it. Sometimes God just handles it. He'll take the situation that is bigger than you, that is stronger than you, that you can never do on a thousand days of your best effort. God will just do it. He'll just handle it. He'll just fight for you because he is a warrior. So sometimes God just handles it. And then sometimes God empowers us to handle it. He empowers us to be warriors. And that's Jehovah Nissi. God gives the Israelites a victory after the Amalekites pick a fight with them. And they say, after the victory, they say, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nissi, the banner under which we fought. The banner under which we fight. So that's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to read this passage in Exodus chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Exodus chapter 17, we're going to look at this. Powerful passage of scripture. I'm telling you, this is going to speak to you. This is going to encourage you. This is going to give you strength to walk through the battles that you're going through and the battles you will go through. So we're going to walk away better. If you're ready to jump in, say I am. All right. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. So, okay, let me give you the context right before we jump in. The Israelites have been wandering. in the, in the They get across into the, it's not the promised land yet, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not where they were in Egypt. They go through the Red Sea, and remember they came to the water that was bitter. We talked about this last week. God healed the water, took the bitter water, and made it sweet. Well, not long after that, they find themselves in another situation where they need water, and God provides for them. Moses takes his staff, he strikes the rock, and water comes from the rock, and now they're in a battle. So it's not been an easy journey for these Israelites. And now they find themselves in a battle where these Amalekites are picking a fight with them. Now, the Amalekites, when you read about the Amalekites in the Old Testament, they're like, they represent the enemy. 
they were an enemy to Israel. And their lineage goes back to Esau. So Jacob and Esau, brothers, right? They're brothers. And, and you have Jacob, you have Esau. So Israel is the, is the descendants of Jacob, and Esau is the descendants of the, or, uh, the descendants, uh, Malachites are the descendants of Esau. And Esau was this, he was the hunter outdoorsman. He was like, he was the man's man. He would have won, like my brother did, the, the beard contest, all right? That's Esau. Hair everywhere. I'm not saying you have hair everywhere, okay? But the Esau did. And he's just a big, hairy guy, just a big, hairy guy. And, and, and literally, that's what he's talking about in the Bible. Is, and he's, he's constantly killing stuff and cooking it and eating it. Now, his brother Jacob is the mama's boy, all right? He's at home with mom. He's mom's favorite, all right? And so you have the descendant of a mama's boy and the descendant of a hunter outdoorsman. And now, not only the mama's boy is uh, the descendant of mama's boy, but they're also, they've been slaves for hundreds of years. So these guys don't know how to, all they know how to do is work and do what they're told. They haven't had to take their own ground. So you have this unprepared, untrained army going against descendants of warriors. And so it's, it's not a fair fight. And, and so Moses says to Joshua in verse 9, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Now, you have to think like, Joshua's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, you want me to fight those guys with these guys? Like, that's not a fair fight. I want you to know that it's representative of the battles that we face. Because sometimes... God will actually lead you to a place where you're going to fight a battle that you're not prepared for. Sometimes God will bring you to a place where the overwhelming army is much bigger and much greater and much stronger than you. But that doesn't mean God's not with you. Because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And if God is bringing you to it, he is preparing to bring you through it. That's how God is. And he's getting ready to do something great. And that's what's happening here with Israel and the Amalekites. So uh, Moses tells Joshua what to do. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So he's going to take the shepherd's staff. It's the staff that, that, they had, uh, that Moses was called with. You guys remember the, the staff that Moses was called with. And God calls Moses in the desert. He's at the burning bush. And he's like... Hey, I want to use you. And he's like, hey, throw that staff down. It becomes a snake. The same staff that he takes to Pharaoh and throws it down becomes a snake again. The same staff that he gets to the waters, the Red Sea, and he parts with the staff. It's the same staff that, that when the water needed to be, or when the water, uh, the rock needed to be struck and the water came out, he struck it with this staff. It was a staff of deliverance. It symbolized prayer. So he's like, I'm going to go up to the top of the hill and I'm going to raise this staff I'm going to lift up a banner, and you're going to look to this banner, and you're going to, you're going to see victory. And then, and then there's going to be people on the front line. We have a sword because it's Father's Day, everybody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and, and then he's like, so you're going to be on the front lines, and you're going to look up. You're going to be fighting, and you're going to look up, and you're going to see the staff. So there's the sword and the staff. I'm going to talk more about the symbolism of those two things in just a moment. So verse 10, Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. 
So Moses brings a couple of people with him. He's not going to fight this battle alone. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on the scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. This is a really important verse. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek under heaven. Write it on a scroll so you remember it. And then Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. God takes an untrained army and gives them a victory against warriors because he is the real ultimate warrior. And when he is with us, he empowers us to be the real ultimate warriors that he's created us to be. Men and women of God, sons and daughters of God, God wants you to be warriors. He wants you to be the real ultimate warrior. And so I want to give us three ideas about the real ultimate warrior that we're going to take away from this passage. Number one, a real ultimate warrior fights by lifting up the name of Jesus. Number two, a real ultimate warrior never fights alone. And number three, a real ultimate warrior always fights to the finish. We're going to unpack these ideas. These are coming right from the text, and they're going to give you strength and encouragement for the battles that you're going to face. Before we jump into this text, I want you to find 16 people and say, you are an ultimate warrior. Louder. You can't whisper that, y'all. <laughs> All right. Okay, number one. A real ultimate warrior fights by lifting up the name of Jesus. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. In battle, really still to this day, we have, we have banners that, that soldiers fight with on, on their sleeve. Till this day, they have the, the, the flag of their country that they're fighting for all over the world. We still do this. But back in biblical times and then even later, there would be flags that, that the armies would have out in front to let them know where their army was and where their army was going. And so they would lead the way with the flag. This was the banner. And the banner was, was an identification piece. The banner was, was a place of security. It was, this is who we are, and this is where we're going. And this is what Moses is doing with the staff. He's holding this up, and he's saying, remember who we're fighting for. We're fighting for the good shepherd. Remember who we're fighting for. We're fighting for the one who brought us out of Egypt. Remember who we're fighting for. We're fighting for the one who brought water out of a rock. You look up, and you see this banner, and it gives you encouragement. Remember the plagues. Remember the frogs, the gnats, the flies, and how God brought you up out of all of that. You look up at the banner that you are lifting up, and it encourages you because you're reminded of where you came from and where you're going. Does that make sense? When you look up at the banner, you're saying, this is who I am. I'm identifying with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am his, and he is mine. That's the idea. And why it's so important to have a banner that we look up to and remember 
is because we're so prone to forget, aren't we? I mean, we have all these good intentions about living for God. We have all of these good intentions about being a man of God or being a woman of God or the, or the things that God is calling us to. And we're like, yes, I'm going to do it. Sunday, man, we're hands lifted at the end of service. This, this week's going to be different. And then Monday morning hits. And it's gone. And we have to, we have to remember. We have to write it down like Moses asked Joshua to do. And we have to lift up that banner. We need to lift up the banner of Jesus in our lives because it's so easy to forget. It's easy to get shell-shocked. Do you know that term? Came from World War I. When, 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 when the army was taking on mortar shells in, it, like in the trenches and it was so loud and so disorienting that it just completely messed them up. Wikipedia says this, it's a reaction to the intensity of the bombardment and fighting that produced a helplessness appearing variously as panic and being scared, flight, or an inability to reason, sleep, walk, or talk. So you have these warriors who are completely disoriented. It can happen in the church, can't it? I think a lot of us have gotten shell-shocked, especially over the last couple of years, so much disorientation, so many things to be disoriented by, so many things to be disoriented about, and what we need is a clear banner that's lifted over our lives, and his name is Jesus. That's the banner what we need to lift up, because when we lift up the banner of Jesus, you're going to get clarity. When you lift up the banner of Jesus, you're going to find purpose. When you lift up the banner of Jesus, you're going to get encouragement and hope. Do you need help with your priorities today? Lift up the banner of Jesus. Do you need help with how to process the way this world is going? Lift up the banner of Jesus. Lift up the banner because he is the one under which we fight. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Your battle is not with your spouse. Your battle is not with your neighbor. Your battle is not with your coworker or with your boss. Your battle is with the enemy of your souls who is relentless. And he is fighting vehemently and continuously to take you out. So your battle is against him. So what do you do? Therefore, you put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. See, we don't fight in our strength. We fight in his strength. We don't fight with our own resources. We fight with the resources of heaven. If you want to win the spiritual battles that you're facing, depression, anxiety, if you want to win over lust and temptation and greed and doubt, we have to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and he will bring clarity. And we need to lift him up most. Because whatever you look to most, you will see most. 
That blessed about four people. I may have said it quickly. I'm from the north. We talk fast. Whatever you look to the most, you will see the most. Do, do, do you want to, I mean, if you want, if you, I mean, hey, you can look at all kinds of things. You can look at society. You can look at the world. And if that's going to determine, if you're going to let that determine what your soul is, then that's what you're going to see. Do you want to see through the eyes of fear or do you want to see through the eyes of faith? You want to lift up the name of Jesus. And that's where you're going to find your strength. Second, a real ultimate warrior never fights alone. I'm going to ask for this uh, point. I'm going to ask our very own Pastor Nathan to come on up to the stage. He's going to help us with a little demonstration. Give him a big hand as he comes up, everybody. Make him feel good. Make him feel good. For our play today, Nathan is going to be playing the role of Moses. So, Nathan, you come over here. He's going to be playing the role of Moses. Okay, so Moses is up on the hill, and he's got the banner that he's lifting up, and and. And he, everybody, step a little bit into the light. Step in, live in the light as he is in the light. Nathan, come on, man. Um, so we got the, he's lifting up the banner. And when the Israelites are looking to him, they're, they're remembering. They're remembering what this whole thing is about, right? But this, this battle is taking all day. This is an all-day battle. This isn't a small battle. And he's up on this hill holding the staff of God in his hands throughout the entire time. And this is what the scripture says. When Moses... Hands grew tired. They're legit. The first part was fake, but then it's like now. Now you're feeling it? Give him an Oscar, everybody. That was incredible. Um, so his, his hands are growing tired, and so when his hands grew tired, but he still had to keep the, so they, they took a stone, and they, and they let him sit on it. Hold on, let me scoot this forward. I, I, I got you, I got you, okay. And then, right there, okay. So that, now he's sitting, so he's sitting, so he's, he's, his legs are giving out, and his arms are just shaking, but he's got, he's got a team with him. He's got Aaron and her, so Aaron and her, if we could come on up to the stage. Give it up for Aaron and her, come on and up. And, and so what you have is Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other. This is amazing. This is great. So Moses is praying. Moses is doing the spiritual work, and you have people who are helping him do the spiritual work, and then you have people who are fighting on the battlefield. I got the sword because, well, I wrote the script, so. Uh, <laughs> and it's. So much cooler than the staff. Um, <laughs> so you've got, you've got Moses doing the spiritual work of praying, of, of, of reminding what we're about, of saying this is Jesus, this is who we're fighting for. Then you've got Aaron and her who are supporting him, lifting up his arms. And then you've got Joshua who's battling on the front lines, taking out the Amalekites. Who's most important? Everybody. It takes a team. It takes a team to do the work that God is calling us to do. It always takes a team. You've got, you've got sometimes, sometimes you're Moses. Sometimes you're Aaron and her in the supporting cast. And then sometimes 
You're out on the front lines doing battle with with the enemy yourself. And then sometimes you're all of those three things all at the same time. It's all happening at the same time. And one, you, know, you get on one phone call and you're battling. You get on another phone call and you're praying. You get on another phone call, you're like, oh, I can't do this. Pray for me. You're all of those three things. And that's beautiful. That's what it takes. It takes, it takes a team. Come on, give our team a big hand, everybody. Good job. Wow, you did it. You did it. Healthy warriors have, have warriors who are alongside of them. You need people in your life that can pray for you when you're going up against it, when you're in the battle. You need people who can support you as you're praying. And then, and then you need people who, 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 are just, who are just there helping, wanting to encourage you and strengthen you. And let me just tell you, this is why God gives us the church. This is, a big, this is a big part of why this matters, why you being here matters. And, and I hope you walk away encouraged today. I hope you walk away like just excited about God and ready to take on, you know, what God has for you. But I hope, I hope you also feel invited because we want you to find community here that can really be a support and a strength to you when you're going through it. And let me just say this. It's important to invest now in those relationships because you might be on the mountaintop right now, but there's sooner or later you're going to be in the valley and you're going to need people who are praying for you and encouraging you as you're fighting on that front line and as you've invested in relationships, so you will reap from relationships. And that's why groups are so important. Groups are so important. And we're starting a new round of groups in August. You can, you can already sign up and we'll help you get connected with people. Teams are so important. Getting on a serve team. Being a part of the community of church. Being here, just interacting, looking for people to connect with. It's so important. And honestly, it's a big part of our, our, our mission is to help you find those friends. I've seen this in my life over and over again. When we started the church... Some of you, if you've been to Growth Track or Welcome Party, you know the story. This wasn't something like, I, this wasn't a dream I had. I, I didn't want to be a lead pastor. This wasn't, this wasn't what I was looking to do. But God, God called us and I knew, it was, I knew it was him. And I knew I couldn't do it alone. So I started praying in November. I read this passage of scripture in the Old Testament. David and his mighty men. God just surrounded him with mighty men. And those mighty men like fought with him. And were were strong enough to fight like to be the leader themselves but they surrounded the leader and I started praying for mighty men that God would surround us with mighty men and women and God did and for those of you who are at the beginning of the church you know we started with just incredible leaders like just amazing top flight leaders and God helped and God provided and that's I believe what allowed us to start as strong as we did and then even if you look at the church merge that took place with Lee Summit first we're literally sitting in a miracle. We're literally sitting in a miracle. But this miracle took a team. It took people coming together, saying, we're, we want to partner together. We want to see this dream come together. And a unanimous vote is what allowed it to happen. It takes a team. It takes a team. You need a team in your life, people who can surround you and encourage you, strengthen you, and be there for you. A real ultimate warrior never fights 
alone. And then the third thing is this, a real ultimate warrior always fights to the finish. This verse, I, I've really loved this passage all week long. It's, it's hit me in different ways. But I love, I love something that really stood out to me in this verse. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. If you're taking notes, would you just write that phrase down? Steady till sunset. I think it hit me initially because I just like sunsets. I just like sunsets. I think they're beautiful. They're amazing. I mean, anytime I can stop what I'm doing and catch a sunset, I just love it. But I think what the Lord is trying to say to us today is a different kind of sunset, and it's the sunset of our life. Because, you know, this life is very short, isn't it? And you think it's, you think it's long, and then you live a little bit of it, and it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. And I believe that he's talking about, he's talking about the end of our lives. The legacy we leave at the end of our lives. Because you had to know Moses, even, even as he's being supported there, he got tired and he wanted to quit. But he knew that there were people who were counting on him. He knew there were people in the valley who were dependent upon his, uh, his prayers on the hill. And he, and he said, you know what? I am not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let up. I am going to be here. I'm going to finish until the end. I want to encourage you, men of God, women of God, we need people who will say, I am going to fight to the finish. This isn't, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. So you got to pace yourselves and you got to walk daily in righteousness and holiness. you got to make ongoing decisions because there are people who are watching you. There are people who are depending on you. Parents, your kids are watching you. They're watching your life. They're watching the legacy you leave. They're watching the priority you make of God. They're watching the priority you make of church and they're, they're keying off of that. And it's only just a short few years and you realize what you've done now is leaving a very significant impression and it will determine who they are and where they go and who they become they're watching you your neighbors they're depending on you your co-workers are depending on you you are on the hill and you are praying and you are doing the spiritual work and the battle is being won in the valley so the question, the question is, are you going to fight to the finish? Are you going to fight to the finish? I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me for the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I want that for my life. Don't you? Don't you want that for your life? To be able to say that? I finished this race. I, I held my hands up high till sunset. Whatever God you've entrusted me with, this little piece of stewardship that you've given me, I held on. I didn't call it quits. And not by my strength, but by his strength. And I love this because how do we, how do, we do this? There's two practical ways because you're like, oh, Scott, that's so like, inspiring. But how do we actually do it? Number one, always move forward. 
Always fight forward. That's a great place for an amen. amen. Always fight forward. You know, we talked about the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of the gospel. You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about anything back here. There's no, there's a breastplate, but there's no bottom plate. Do you know why? Because there is no retreat. You just keep fighting forward. You just keep fighting forward and you just keep taking ground and you might, you might feel like you're getting pushed back, but you just keep leaning in and you just keep, you keep praying and you keep serving and you keep giving and you keep leading and you just keep on keeping on because the battle is worth it. The battle is worth it. It is the most important battle, the battle of your soul. The battle for the souls of this world. And you fight forward and you can't move forward if you're constantly looking backward. So you can't live in your past. You have to look to your future. And your future is bright if you are a child of God. And then the second way is by remembering we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. You're not trying to accomplish victory. You're walking in the victory that you already have because God has won the battle. Jesus says this in John 16. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. So you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. How many of you know he defeated death, hell, and the grave? He is Christus Victor. He is the God who has overcome it all. He is the undeniable champion. And so what does he do? He gives us that victory. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Does it mean he doesn't love us if we go through difficult things? No. Despite all of those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. He's already won it, and he's giving it to you. You just got to walk in it. You just got to walk in it by faith. You got to say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you, and I can't see how this is all going to work out, but I'm going to lift up that staff. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get on the front lines, and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to support people who are doing the same, and we're going to do this until sunset because it's worth it because Joshua's watching. Joshua is watching. This is so cool. I have to say this. Moses says, write it down. He says, write it down so that Joshua will, re will remember it. What happens in Joshua chapter 1 as he gets the mantle to lead the Israelites? What happens? He says, he says I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to depart from the law of the Lord. It will not leave my mouth. That's the, he finds courage in the word of God that was written down because Moses says, someone's going to need this. Someone needs the victory in your life. They need to see it. And you may know that who that person is, and you may not, but they're watching and they need it, and it matters. I want you to know that how you live matters. This isn't a game. This is the greatest blessing that God could ever give the breath of life, 
And then once we experience redemption to pierce the darkness everywhere we find it. Last thought before we pray. You know, uh, the ultimate warrior, the WWF one, I know WWE, it turned into that. Don't tell me, I already know. Well, I grew up with WWF. Um, and uh, the ultimate warrior, you know, he beat Hogan in one of the WrestleManias. It was a big deal. It's like, oh my goodness, he beat Hulk Hogan. Ah, he's the champion. You know what's crazy? Spoiler alert, sorry. It was staged. <laughs> Shocking. It was all scripted. When he got into the ring, he knew he was going to win. They knew the moves. They had it all figured out. They had the belt fitted to him. It was already done. Do you know when you get into your ring, it's already won. God's already won it. He's won it for you. He's got it for you. Overwhelming victory is ours. This is not hyperbole. This is gospel. So you, you pick up that shield of faith and you say, God, this looks difficult, but I'm trusting you. God, this looks hard, but I'm trusting you. I don't know how this is going to work out, but God, I'm leaning in and I'm fighting and I'm believing and I'm trusting because this matters and I know you've got me and I already have the victory. So I'm not fighting from a weakened position. I'm fighting from a position of strength. That changes everything. It changes everything. Will you walk in it? Will you walk in it? It's available if we'll look to him. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this truth that is powerful. It is absolutely undeniable, God, that you have given us all of these gospel breadcrumbs just to lead us back to you and to find that victory so that we don't, be, we don't allow the world to overwhelm us. We don't allow fear to overwhelm us. We don't allow discouragement to overwhelm us, but we, we pick up the shield of faith and we fight with the sword of the Spirit and we pray on all occasions. We, we, we believe you to do what only you can do. God, sometimes you're going to handle the battle and sometimes you're going to empower us to fight it. However that happens, God, we know that you are victory. And so our hope is in that today. Lord, we just pray that that, would, that reality would just permeate our hearts right now. I pray for every person who's going through a difficult situation right now in Jesus' name. I pray that, God, your victory would be theirs. I pray for every person who is overwhelmed right now. I pray your victory would be theirs. For every person who feels like the battle is too difficult, I pray your victory would be theirs. Encourage your church right now as people reach out in faith. Father, I pray for that. Let it be ours. I pray that addictions would be overcome today in Jesus' name. I pray that marriages would be restored today in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to take a moment here and just respond in worship in just a moment. But before we do, this is the most important part of our service is where we invite those of you who are not on this journey yet to, to come along. You're not, a, you're not a believer of, in, in Christ, but this, this victory that God has is for you, and he wants it for you if you'll just lean in and receive.
and I want to pray for you. I want to believe God to do something amazing. Or maybe you're, you've, you knew God at one time, but you've walked away from him. The Lord is here, and he wants you to know him, and not in a religious way, but in a relational way. And he's calling you home. The Father, as Jesus describes it in the story of the prodigal son, the son runs away, takes his inheritance that he demands from his father, and he wastes it on wild living. And he comes home, and he's like, man, I just, if, I could just be a, if I could just be a servant in my father's household, that would be good enough. And yet when the father sees him, the father doesn't condemn him. The father runs to him and says, welcome home. And that's what God wants to do for you. If you're away from God today, if you've chosen to do your own thing, if you've chosen to waste your life, the Father is saying, welcome home. And he wants to bring you back into relationship. And he's here right now, knocking on the door of your heart. He is extending the invitation. All you have to do is respond. And if you're here today and you say, man, this is speaking right to me. I need this. I want this. I'm ready for this. I'm going to count to three, and when I do, I'm just asking you to make a bold stand and raise your hand and say, that's me. I want that. The free gift of salvation is available. You knew God, Maybe you've never known God or you knew him one time, but you've walked away. We want to pray for you. We want to believe God to do something great. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, raise your hand and say, Scott, that's me. I want Jesus. One, God is here. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Number two, the Father is saying, welcome home. Come back to me. Three, raise your hand right now and say, Scott, that's me. I want to make a decision to follow Christ. All over this place, just lift your hand and say, Scott, would you pray for me? I see hands going up. Pray that God would just touch you in a powerful way. Just raise your hand and say, Scott, that's me over here. Yeah, it's awesome. Father, I pray for every person who is lifting their hand. I pray that, God, you would strengthen them and encourage them right now in Jesus' name. Help them, Lord, to find you, to experience you and all that you have for them. Let it happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, will you stand with me all across this place? Let's just take a moment. I want us to respond. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down to the front. Everybody who's, who's on our prayer team, if you need prayer, if there's something that you need from God, God is here. God wants to do something powerful in your life. Maybe you made a decision to follow Christ. Come on down. We want to pray for you. Maybe it's... it's it's uh, trouble in your marriage. Maybe it's a healing in your body. God is here. He wants to move. We want to pray for you. As we begin to sing, come on down. We're going to worship the rest of us. Can we take a moment, just lift our hands across this place before we rush out of here and say, God, we want to be the warriors you've created us to be. We want to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. Start with us. Change us. Let us experience who you are to experience the victory that you have. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.